Back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, Exciting and New, <laughs> and Liberty. That's right. Life, Love, and Liberty. If you don't have Liberty, it's really hard to feel loving and to uh, live your life more abundantly, right? Well, hey, welcome to the New America. Welcome to the New America, where everyone is a suspect for being a patriot and or white or male. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you voted for Trump, good luck with that. Yeah. So, and if you've ever uttered the word, you know, uh, 1776 or the numbers rather, uh, or Patriots or the flag, you know, there's any number of things that could get you on someone's list in this day and age of everybody's on a list. Everyone's being monitored. And I guess I've always just kind of supposed that that's true that uh chances are we really are on we're just on display we live in this constant state of a two-way mirror and you just kind of have to accept it for what it is not because it's right not because that's how it should be but that's because that's how it is and until people start uh become going to trial and are prosecuted and uh, are sentenced for doing things of this nature to the American people, you're going to continue to see this abuse of power continue. So you can get all upset about it and you can get crazy, uh, but the truth of the matter is, it is it is our reality. So I have some followers who are just hell-bent on using phrases like, burn it all down, you know, and I've warned a couple of you, even publicly, that you're going to be, you know, direct messaging me from a federal prison before long if you don't just tone it down. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm definitely not advocating to strip you of your First Amendment rights. What I'm saying is you have a rabid, rabid national security apparatus on your hands right now. You just do. And that's not to throw the entire apparatus out with the bathwater, as I discussed last night. But I'm a very sober-minded person. And, and, and yes, I can be as emotional as the rest of you. Just check my Twitter feed, and you can see that for what it is. But by and large, you know, when I'm above the fray, looking down at what's happening, you know, especially in crisis, you know, I think God kind of created me to be able to mitigate or respond to crises because that's basically been the just of my life truth be told i don't look for it it just is what it is believe me when i tell you i'd prefer to just have smooth sailing uh but that's i respond uh differently than others in a crisis especially when other people are counting on me that's something i learned about myself as a as a widowed single mother of 22 years um, because my daughter was chronically ill. So there were multiple, uh, brushes with death where she was concerned. And, um, 
So I learned a lot about myself during those years and going through all of this with you has taught me a lot about myself as well. And going through um, ministry for over 12 years, you know, and dealing with personal crises of people who God has entrusted me with has also been quite the training ground. So with all of this swirling, remember, I keep telling you this, I'm going to keep reiterating this because I really want you to get this down in your spirit. Not because I don't think you're smart enough to hear me the first 25 times I've said it, but knowing what I know about the human mind, it does take actually 25 times for you to hear something for it to finally click as something to pay attention to. And when I ask you to please get above the fray and to get into the middle of this storm, I really mean that. And it is for your good so that you can see what's really happening. Now, Jim Jordan today, someone passed something on to me that was, um, you know, Jim Jordan going over Dr. Fauci's emails and the uh, timeline of communication whenever he was first alerted to the fact that this COVID variant, uh, COVID-2, was... um, was, uh, or SARS-2, COVID-19 rather, that this particular variant was something that looked like it was created. And this, upon discovery of one of his colleagues, was a big deal to the colleague and alerted Fauci, and, and, and Fauci's emails indicate that there was a big brouhaha initially. However, whenever Fauci addressed this with people within the Trump administration. It was dumbed down a little bit. The, the, the crises alert wasn't quite as alarming. And what that leads you to know, and, by, and according to uh, Mr. Jordan, uh, Fauci was invited to this hearing and chose not to attend for whatever reason. I don't know. But he was not there to defend himself or those uh, the correspondence and but uh, you know a blind man and someone actually who's sitting above the fray trying to get to the bottom of what's really going on. I'm gonna tell you why this is important in a minute um, because some of you don't want to look back. You've already been trained to not look back to November because you're being told that it's futile, there's nothing really there to see, uh, it's time to move forward, because, you know, that's who we are as Americans, and all the pom-poms and cheers and all of that that just makes us feel like hot dogs and apple pies and bush beer or whatever, and, you know, cheerleaders and football and all that stuff that's just gotten us completely derailed as a nation, by the way, because they now all hold us hostage in the name of sports and entertainment, which are two and the same. Uh, so here we are where most people are like, okay, well, we don't really know what's going on. And we've had so much disinformation around the elections that and around fraud that, you know, maybe we should just move on. And so you're grasping for ways to like take control again in your respective areas. And I commend you for that because I've actually encouraged you to do that. I've also encouraged you to hold your state legislatures accountable for certifying fraud and for not getting rid of the hardware software that's been implicated in the fraud. Now, I don't think very many of you have been very successful at that. What I've seen is a lot of change or amendments, addendums to uh, your current election laws. The only 
state I can see that was really screwed uh, was Virginia with regard to, I mean, they effectively have an HR1 in place on their hands. I mean, they're ballot harvesting legally. It's a mess. It is a complete poop storm up there. Um, but by and large, some of you feel really good about yourselves, right? And your state legislatures have convinced you and your governors have convinced you that, hey, we, we've got all these great new laws in place. It's going to be awesome. And we're not going to have to deal with this again. And, you know, for just don't never mind the fact that we had amazing laws in place to begin with that no one actually followed. But now suddenly everyone's going to follow them and the Democrats are just going to get in line and the establishment's going to get in line because we did what we wanted to do and we got rid of the big bad monster, that old P word, you know, P slinging word, <laughs> crazy stuff. You know, the sanctimonious ones that cannot believe that the president uttered the P word, right? Or used it in some derogative sense about women and how he handled women in the past and all that stuff. Uh, you know, thank God we got rid of that heathen. Now we can, now we can hail the almighty, uh, Joe Biden, who's completely demented. And won't it be wonderful whenever Kamala, who can't even string a sentence together or a cogent thought without cackling and giggling? Thank God, though, we have, you know, queen racist in charge. She's up next, up to bat next. Yep. Thank God. How proud are some of you pearl clutchers for making that happen? For ousting President Trump. Congratulations. Wonderful. Here we are. Welcome to your new America, spelled with two Ks. And some of you are actually proud of that. I know you are because I hear from you. And it's really sad. And as far as I'm concerned, if you had anything to do with the fraud in this election, you should receive a go-straight-to-jail card. I mean, that's, that's it. Sure, your due process, no problem. Take your due process. But if you had anything to do at all with defrauding the American people and basically the entire world with a free and fair election, you should go directly to jail. I don't care who you are. I don't care how holy you are, how many children or grandchildren you have. I don't care, you know, how many lives you've saved and, and new pygmy children you've saved and planted seeds with Ugami, you know, uh, tribal leaders. I, I don't, in your church and you're just this wonderful church person. I, I don't, that does not move me. If you have actively pursued treason or an sedition in this country you should absolutely be tried and go to jail that's that's just where that is now why is this important that jim jordan is making these connections where dr fauci is concerned i'm gonna tell you why because the white house announced today according to msnbc uh and other sources that they're deploying a new Delta variant task force. They're going to be going around different states. Now, what that means, I don't know. It sounds like they are ramping back up for your governors to be able to take these executive powers back into play again. And whichever one of your legislatures decided that they can vaccinate your ass at whim and your children, good luck because your second roll around is coming your way. And it's important for Fauci to be discredited for the fraud that he is because he is the one leading the narrative right now on this Delta variant. And if you look at, you know, I was looking up today 
the flu season of India because people, the narrative right now and the propaganda is coming out of India that, you know, this, this new Delta variant is really deadly. Um, and if you look at their flu season, it seems to be a year round endeavor. It doesn't seem to be seasonal. It seems to be that there's a, and I want to say there's like over 400,000 people affected by it annually, and about 4,500 of those people die uh, of the flu. So there you go. Um, disturbing, disturbing report I got today from someone of a gentleman who was 86 years old, I believe. I'm going by memory. Uh, the first post-mortem COVID vaccine patient, and it showed that the vaccine had infiltrated every single organ in his body and that he actually died after having the vaccine and contracting COVID-19 from his roommate at his convalescent home. His roommate had it, did not die. This man has the vaccine, catches covid and dies, yet every one of his organs is riddled. And there are pictures of it online. I have tweeted it, so you can find it at Monica On Air Talk or Telegram, or it's on my LinkedIn page as well, which is Monica Matthews. Um, it's a mess. It's a mess. And, and we have not, and some of you don't want to hear this because you've taken the vaccine and it scares you. And I trust me, I hate the spirit of fear more than you could possibly imagine. It is never my intention to shame you or to cause you to be afraid. That is wickedness. That is a horrible place to be. So please know that that is never my heart. It is not to shame you and it is not to incite terror or fear. I do want you to be sober about what's in your body. And if you begin to experience symptoms or things that are just off, you're coughing more, your heart's doing weird stuff, you know your body. You're getting headaches. You're hearing voices. I mean, you've had hallucinations coming from these things. Uh, You know, if you've had a stroke, I mean, whatever it is, your periods are weird. You're having fertility issues. Whatever it is, keep a journal of those things. Report them to your physicians. More importantly, keep your own journal and become your own patient advocate. And align yourself with legal teams and physicians who are actually taking this on head first. Because chances are you're going to need a support network in the future. If it's not now, it could be months. It could be a year from now. But the title of that piece was Ticking Time Bomb. And so, but when you think about your body, listen, all of us have cancer cells in our bodies. We have all kinds of stuff. We are dealt, you know, we're faced with parasites and viruses and, and uh, you know, bacteria. You know, I mean, we live in a, in a world of interesting forces, right? That our bodies are very delicate and they are fearfully and wonderfully made by an infinite God who understands every single hair on your head, knows you by name, knows every cell in your body, knows that you took the vaccine or you're not taking the vaccine, knows how it has affected your cells. So when I tell you that he is the great physician, I mean that. 
And I don't think there's anything hocus pocus or, or, or fraudulent about you laying hands on your body and praying over your body and that any adverse effects from this vaccine or anything else coming our way would not be allowed to penetrate the temple of God in the way of your body. And I just believe that if you lay hands on yourself and you pray for that and you ask our Father for his protection and for forgiveness, for fearing, or maybe you did it because you thought you were doing the loving thing for yourself and your family and your neighbors. And, you know, maybe you couldn't go see your parents unless you were vaccinated and you thought it was a loving thing. I don't know what your motive was. If it was fear, confess it, repent of it, and get on with it. And start taking care of your health today. Because more, as you know, the reports are, that whether you're vaccined or not vaccined, I love it. Yeah, whether you're jabbed or not, it's more like it. Um, your airline uh, flight attendants, <laughs> your friendly Nazis in the sky will tell you, boy, I tell you what, you talk about some people power tripping over these masks. Good grief. Um, you know, I thank God for earbuds that aren't attached to the overhead intercom system. Um, every, it seems like, every, God, if they catch somebody sleeping, God forbid, whose mask just happened to slip down in between their nostrils and their lip, um, their upper lip, you know, they'll interrupt everyone's flight to let you know that it's federal law to keep all of us safe by wearing your face diaper that doesn't really work. And even if you've been vaccinated, that's their that's their new uh amendment to their to their call to to the sheeple call, right? That's their amendment. And even if you've been vaccinated, federal law states that you still have to wear your mask for everyone's safety. <laughs> so, there you go. I mean, if you're listening to my show, you are a sensible, smart person. I don't care what level of education you have, uh, but I guarantee you are someone who's a logical person. You're probably a God-fearing person. You're a faithful person. You are a patriot. You're someone who loves this country. You love your freedom, your family. You are a decent human being. Or you're an atheist and a complete reprobate, and you're trying to have a gotcha aha moment with me. Or you're just curious, and that's fine. Either way, I everyone's welcome here to my show, to my platform. You don't bother me, unless you're going to start talking crazy stuff. Like, you know, burn it all down. I'm telling you guys, I've got to quit speaking these hyperbolic terms because they're looking for any reason to come find you. And there's just no glory in you being behind bars because of a tweet. And because of this this obstructed, just filthy, nasty, fraudulent administration and this apparatus that has completely lost its mind and lost its way. And, you know, Dinesh D'Souza did a fantastic piece, by the way. I did tweet that today on the grandmother who was the first capital whatever, uh, dissident to be sentenced, actually, out of the 400 arrests I think they've made. Um, this woman was actually sentenced, and, and she was, Dinesh does a wonderful job of breaking this down per usual, but she was given a, um, a, a public defender, and Dinesh did a little bit of, of uh, recon on her, and, um, 
and in surveillance and realized that she's a hardcore liberal. And thank God she was able to, you know, uh, just subvert this nationalist mentality, this patriotic mentality of this grandmother who stormed the Capitol. Wasn't armed, by the way. Um, but thank the Lord, she was able to, you know, turn this woman's life around and get her good and brainwashed and, and, and gave her some books and gave her some new knowledge on how to feel for other people who don't look like you, uh, people who have gone through slavery and descendants of slaves and the Native Americans and, you know, indigenous people and the plight of the indigenous ones. Yes, this was all part of her reading material and what she got up before the judge to say, you know, I've just learned so much after uh, being arrested and, and incarcerated and brainwashed by my public defender, I've learned so much about what it means to feel for other people. God almighty people, we are living 1984. Wake the up. I mean, have you considered how you would respond if you were ever carted in? If someone surrounded your house and arrested you in front of your children or grandchildren for being a patriot, have you considered what your response would be? I mean, these are scary people, right? They show up looking like damn, I don't know what, you know, like a like a like the a raid of Benghazi at your house, which by the way, no one's ever answered for. Just, you know, side note. Um and you know what? I really hope those guys are the first people Hillary sees when she's standing at the throne of Christ and he's separating the goats from the sheep. I hope she gets to see them and her call. And and what difference does it make? Well, it makes a lot of difference, Hillary. Makes a lot of difference for a lot of people. But she's never answered for that and likely on this side of eternity never will. So the best we can hope for is that God will contend with her and she will be able to see those that she abandoned in the middle of the battle. And believe it or not, that still happens to our boys more often than not. That happens to our special forces more often than any of you would ever care to know. Uh, and it's been Hollywooded so much that you actually think it's kind of cool after the fact that somebody's this big badass who died in a firestorm that was completely unnecessary because their own government left them there to die. Because of greed, avarice, filth, lucre. I mean, it's, it's, it's lucre. It's, uh, thank you. It's, um, it's disheartening. And when I see what's happening to the country, it's all very disheartening. Because some of you are still waiting for President Trump to return in August, in October or August, rather. And um, I'm just telling you from what I'm hearing from people in the supply chain world manufacturing, it's not looking good for us, folks. People cannot find employees. They cannot find workers. It is bad. And when your supply chains go down on fundamental thing like fundamental things like nuts and bolts, you got some real problems. Real problems. I drove past the wine store today, the wine factory, the wine store, whatever. It's an it's in an affluent area of Atlanta, and um, in in it's July, right? And there's a giant sign outside that says "Now Hiring," 
And I thought, that's interesting because normally, you know, you can't even, our kids around here can't find jobs. If you have not applied as a college student by April for a summer job, you, you, you're out of luck. Like you're just not going to find one, even for the most, you know, mediocre of jobs, but particularly in a wine store. I mean, if you're 21, it's like, and a nice wine store, right? I mean, you're, you're selling, I mean, it's not like the local package store, (laughs) And so I drove past that and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. In my travels, my hotels I stay in, the bars are not open, the restaurants are not open. If they are, they're only open on the weekends. They can't afford to open and they no longer clean your rooms every night. They clean your room every third day and you can't be in the room um, because they don't have the staff in order to facilitate the hospitality needs of their guests. Some of the gyms are still closed in hotels as well. So it's what we're creating here with this new Delta variant, why it's so important for Fauci to be outed for the fraud that he is, is so that people begin to understand that all of it was a fraud and that he is not to be trusted. And anyone with uh, who is not to be trusted, and, and you're not going to get that from your federal government. You're going to have to spread the message to your neighbors, and every person's going to have to hear it for themselves. Thank God CNN's ratings have dropped abysmally since President Trump left office. Uh, so I don't know where people are getting their fake news and disinformation, but they are getting it. I, I uh, patronized my local um, uh, Costco today, And I would say almost every person walking into the store was programmed to have their mask on before they ever hit the door. And I looked around thinking, huh, I thought we were done with masks, or at least they were no longer mandatory at Costco. And and lo and behold, that is the case. But people have already been so programmed by fear. Remember, fear, fear or faith are your two motivating factors really for anything. And they're very powerful motivators, and they both demand to be fulfilled. My, my late pastor taught us that. Faith and fear both demand to be fulfilled. Think about that. Faith and fear both demand to be fulfilled. Jesus said, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound. My God did not give you a spirit of fear. So it's a spirit of So when you guys are praying for things and praying against things, if you want to be an effective prayer warrior, then you need to know who your enemy is. And your enemy is fear. It's not hate. Hate is a subset of fear, but it's it's birthed from fear. It's in the womb of fear is where you will find hate. You know, when, when you're talking about abortion, and a lot of times... We, we can't get past the fact that it's just wrong, right? Whenever you get down to reasons why people actually entertain abortion or they, um, have act, they've gone through one, if not five or a dozen, whatever, uh, yeah, yes, it's that prominent and bad, um, prevalent and bad, um, but it's true. What you will find in, in the girl who's, or the middle-aged woman who's single, whatever, the, the number one spirit you'll find at work is not hate. It's not hate for um, a child or for God or for men. It's fear. It's fear of being shamed. It's fear of um, being 
broke, not being able to provide for a child. Uh, It's fear of how it will affect their lives. And yes, it is extremely self-centered. But the fear is very real, nevertheless. That that spirit is there gnawing at someone of all the 210 reasons that they should be afraid of having a life in their womb. And very candidly, um, I remember feeling that fear at one point in my life as a widow. And, um, you know, I just, I knew that I'd got myself, I could have potentially got myself into a situation where I would have had to have explained something to my daughter that was just less than stellar. And I was very afraid. I was very afraid. And if I, and I, thankfully that was, um, I, that was not the case. I was not faced with uh, having another child, I was not faced with a pregnancy at all, but, but the concern was that I could have been, and here I am single. Um, I'm a widow, you know, I'm trying to live by the word, obviously not doing a great job of it. And, um, and I have a little girl and I have people who respect me and who are helping me as a widow, uh, who know I'm a Christian. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a rough go. And I just remember all the thoughts flooding my head of the potential shame and accusation. And what would I say to my child? How would I ever out? How would I ever live through that? You know? Um, And thank God, you know, I had already made the commitment in my heart, in my head that um, if I was carrying a child in my womb, whether I was married or not, whether there was shame attached or not, all life comes from the Lord and um, who was I to take that life? And I did go back to the scripture that says, I knew you and I formed you in your mother's womb. And I made peace with that. I said, well, all right, Lord, you know, I didn't exactly do this in order, but if, if this is what the deal is, then okay. And I was not pregnant. Um, but so I do have mercy for young women and um, and women going Young girls. I mean, a 15-year-old is a girl. A 14-year-old, 13-year-olds get pregnant. 10-year-olds get pregnant. I mean, it happens. It just does. One of our neighbors was 12 years old, and it was commonplace, though, in her culture. She was, um, she's a beautiful Latina girl, and, um, and uh, most of her family had kids by the time they were 14, right? So I'm like, oh, poor thing. You know, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what a mess. And her family's like, hey, let's roast a pig in the front yard and <laughs> bring out the sombreros. And, you know, if somebody find a pinata, we got a celebration. And I'm like, okay, pass the tequila. Uh, you know, in our culture, it's like, oh, my gosh, can you believe that slut? You know, it's like, it's crazy. Or we celebrate it by, you know, creating another uh, MTV special or BET, right? Uh, what is it? Pregnant, teen, and you know, 19, teenaged and pregnant or whatever it is. And they just make it so glorious sometimes where it's like, oh, well, at least I get to be a superstar. And it's like, trust me, there's nothing glorious about being even 25 and changing poopy diapers at four in the morning, feeling like you're going to lose your damn hormonal mind. Um, yeah, so your life alters completely when you have children, but it's the most beautiful alteration you could ever imagine, no matter how old you are. So I'm very excited about the prospect of um, partnering with a company uh, who offers, uh, on my show actually, who offers um, uh, sonograms 
ultrasounds for young ladies who are who have just been told that they're pregnant and um, who are considering abortion. And studies show, uh, and these stats are pretty uh, pretty straightforward, uh, that if you've got five young women who have seen their ultrasounds, uh, four of them are going to choose to keep their children. Uh, there's nothing more honorable on this planet that I could partner with than something of that magnitude. If you guys gave $140 for for what is it, 15 women to be able to see their unborn child and to make a decision to allow that child to breathe their first breath of air as living human beings, as opposed to being aborted in suction tubes of Planned Parenthood, um, you know, wow. I mean, who am I to deny my platform to something that glorious and beautiful and life-giving and God-honoring. And I have not even pinned the deal yet. But I was so thrilled when I got the call. Um, I just, I, I cried. You know, Dan Bongino is one of their bigger talents. I'm honored to have even been considered. Um, I, I just cannot say enough about it. And I'll do everything in my power to, uh, to connect you, even if we don't go through with the deal. Uh, it is it is a company. It is a cause I one hundred and fifty thousand percent believe in, and uh, wow! I mean, if 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 you guys partnered with me on that and partnered with God, you're not even partnering with me. I'm just a conduit, but partnering with God to bring life into this world. And I know, I know, some of you are like, God, do we really? Some of you, seriously, a, a large part of this uh, of the Gen Xers. Uh, or Gen Z, or sorry, they um, they don't want to bring children into this mess. They don't. They look around at everything going on, all the fighting, all the division, all the warring, all the vaccines, all the this, all the death, all the craziness, partisanship, you know, nuts. The adults in the room have lost their minds, and they're looking at us going, nah, no thanks. <laughs> I think I'll just keep renting and, you know, drive a scooter and, save the planet and the trees and you know i mean they're buying and they make up reparations for all those poor black people and indigenous folks and you know and then the white man awful and yeah i mean they really believe that stuff mm-hmm. good job mom and dad sending them to these private schools that have indoctrinated them and universities fantastic so yeah so a lot of them are not even remotely and they are actually taking major precautions not to have children. They're taking horrible hormones that could make young girls sterile and sick and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh and young men as well. Uh some of them are just, you know, they they'd rather be buried with their IUD than um than uh than you know have to chance a pregnancy. And so, you know, with that, heck, you may see more abortions actually go down. Every young woman I've spoken with is like taking major precautions not to become pregnant. And some of them are very costly. And so, you know, I look at that and I'm like, wow. <laughs> All right, Lord, sorry. You know, we've we've just done a really crappy job as his children, as kingdom people. We've done a very crappy job standing for his cause and for his kingdom. We just have. Sorry if that bothers you. I got a call today from someone I respect greatly who has served our country and is still serving our country and was reminded um, that while the Catholic Church here was more than interested in uh, 
in withholding uh, the sacrament of Holy Communion from uh, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, that the word that came down from the Vatican was, um, you know, we're don't we're encouraging you. <laughs> we know what that means. We're encouraging you uh, not to uh, you know continue down this path with this narrative. Um, and I've learned something very astonishing today that uh, the Vatican and and people in the higher ranks of the Catholic Church are actually very much so interested in ushering in globalism. And if you're going to usher in globalism, you are pretty much speaking with a forked tongue because you cannot be a um, an adherent to the globalist um, paradigm and be pro-life. Because lives are expendable in the globalist movement. It is an extremely dangerous paradigm. There's nothing utopian about it. It is a dystopia, actually, of, of mammoth proportion, of biblical proportion. And um, it was that was very disturbing to hear that today. And, you know, trying to think of ways to bring, you know, churches together and, and, and the body of Christ together to stand against globalism, to stand against disorder, to stand against the spirit of dysmorphia, to stand against the spirit of accusation against God that somehow he has created this world to be confused and, and his inhabitants to be confused about their biology, their identity, their sexuality, about how gravely gross and wrong it is to have sex with children. Um, about what's up and what's down, what's black and what's white, about forgiveness and bitterness about the past, about who can only repair, who only can repair uh, the sins of any nation. We've done an abysmal job of that. When I see Dan Cathy, a dear friend of mine, down on his knees, apologizing, washing the shoes of a black uh, Christian singer who clearly looked just as, you know, uncomfortable as the rest of us were, um, you know, in the middle of a mega church service, apologizing on the behalf of white people for this, you know, we have so much to be sorry for. Um, you know, and here's Dan Cathy, like basically the Pope of chicken and, and, you know, Christian fast food. And, and I'm thinking, wow, needless to say that warranted a text message for me with a big fat, what the hell are you doing? Have you read your Bible? Stuff makes me angry and not because I'm perfected in my walk, not at all, but because it makes me angry because it's defiling and it should make you angry and it should make your pastors angry. It should anyone telling you that any going through anything, anyone, any practice, any sacrament, anything at all, other than through the blood of Jesus Christ to get to the forgiveness of all sins of all men and for the healing of all diseases, anyone telling you anything differently than Jesus is a liar. And your pastors who are not willing to stand on that very basic, powerful, death-moving, death-defying truth does not deserve your time or your treasure and your talent. Leave that church. Anyone denying the power of Jesus and God and the gospel thereof, leave that church bankrupt them, leave them today. I don't care how many generations of your families have been there. Leave them. They are liars and they're soul thieves. And they are part of the demonic culture 
and it's how we got here. Some of you are still asking, Monica, how do we get here? I'm like, look around. Look around. Who's leading the church? Why haven't we seen black, white, Latino, Asian descend upon these cities that have been overrun with demons? Why haven't we shown up as the church, as warriors, with the word and faith to move mountains of violence out of our cities, to take up our jurisdiction in these cities? Do we not know what it is we're warring against? Are we really waiting on the Pope to defend life? Are we waiting on marching orders from the Vatican? Are we waiting on marching orders from the GOP? From the CDC, Fauci, Burks, the WHO? The WHO. Love, great group. But really? Flaccid. I wish that you'd be hot or be cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that it has been our lukewarmness and our comfort and our happy little frog boil, tepid water that has gotten us to this place. And every one of us are going to have to take responsibility on some level. And our pastors should be standing up en masse to take responsibility for having failed this nation to the extent that we have. I don't consider myself a pastor but I am a minister. I have a heart of a minister. God has shaped me for ministry. He has given me a mind for ministry and an understanding of his word that I would never be able to comprehend in my own flesh. And he is merciful. He is compassionate. He is filled with grace. He is also orderly. He is a God of justice. He is a God of 10 new beginnings. And he wants his children. He wants the young, the old, the black, the white, the green, the purple, the leprechaun. It doesn't, it, he wants it all because it all already belongs to him. And he wants us to be sane. And he doesn't want our children confused about how he designed them to be. He doesn't want his creation confused. And if we ever fully, really understood the spiritual war that we're in to be able to minister to people who are confused about sexuality, about their biology, about who they are, about who God is, about basic natural order of creation, if we could speak to people on that level, no one would ever be able to, to, <laughs> to justifiably accuse us of being fear mongers of being hateful. And what we've done, because we don't know how to minister to these very real, very archaic issues, all of this is addressed in the Old Testament. This isn't new. I said that last night. This is not some new American phenomena. It wasn't new to Rome. There's nothing new under the sun. People were having sex with their animals in the Old Testament. They were having sex with their parents, their kids. All of that stuff is listed. 
as what not to do. And here's what happens if you catch someone doing it. And trust me when I tell you, it's not super merciful. (laughs) So it's just not. But I do believe in the risen power of Jesus Christ to be able to turn the souls of men and women around. I just do. I believe in his redemptive power. Now, there are some people who are going to leave this earth and never choose to be redeemed and will never be redeemed. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, actually. I was thinking of Judas just now. And it said that Judas, the son of perdition, had to... um, had to die the way he did because it was prophesied. He, he died that way to fulfill the word of God that is not a liar. That's what it says. So that gets all over into the predestination theology, which I can't even begin to talk about. So, but I'm, listen, I'm going to leave you with this. I believe this. The gospel of Jesus Christ is very simple. It is not the easiest thing to walk out, though. I'm not going to lie. It's hard. It is, it is cross-bearing, which is why we need each other to bear our crosses. If you are sitting there alone suffering because you are lonely, you're in pain, you're angry, you're whatever, whatever, you're bitter, you just can't forgive someone. If you need a prayer partner, I am here for you. Monica at MonicaMatthews.com. I will absolutely, in all my, don't leave me a voicemail on my website. That is as public as the day is long. If you put it on my website, it is public. Some of you have done that. (laughs) And I've been able to get to your voicemails before they made it to the public airwaves. But um, if you need prayer, if you have a prayer request, I take prayer very seriously. And you can email me at Monica at MonicaMatthews.com. If you are suicidal, if you are ideating about leaving this world because it's just too much or your life is too much, I need you to call the suicide hotline. I do not have that number right off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I was not planning on going here this evening, but apparently some of you need to hear this. I don't want you to be one of the 22 suicides a day of our soldiers, and I don't want you to be a teen or a young person who's just like, this is ridiculous, the world sucks, and people do too, and so does God, and I'm out. Um, no, do not make a permanent decision in a very temporary situation. If you've learned nothing else in the past four years, I hope you've learned that everything is temporary, including our liberty. I hate to even say that. Our God-given liberties are eternal, and those are not temporary. But when we turn our backs on the temporal, because we refuse to exercise the spiritual, we refuse to exercise the and, and apply the spiritual truths that God has given us to remain free. Our liberty is at stake in the temporal, and that's what's happening right now. All right, you guys, I'll be back with you tomorrow. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for sharing my work. I appreciate you, and I'm super just pumped that God's allowed me to be a blessing in your lives. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror, and remember. If you're an American, act like one.